Hey, this is Clint Shuttlesworth, the pastor at Valiant Church, and welcome to our podcast. Hey, I hope this message helps you to see how much God loves you and inspires you to go out and be a part of the change in your own city. Enjoy the message. Hey, welcome to Valiant Church. If you're a first-time guest, I want to salute you. Okay? I want to... I want to say welcome to our online family. Uh, Man, we just love you guys. We love what God is doing. Uh, Last night, uh, you missed one of the most intimate uh, times that we've had at Valiant Church because there was only a few of us in this room uh, because there was absolutely no parking anywhere. It took me 20 minutes to find a parking space because my whole band parked right up here, and uh, it was awesome. So, um, But it was great. I'm Honestly, it was... It was, it was really cool, and uh, this morning's going to be different, um, but same message, um, just excited about what God is doing um, in our lives. I'm excited about what God is doing on the corner of 20th and Post Office. Um, I'm excited about what he's been showing us through the book of Habakkuk, um, such an incredible book. Um, for some people that I talk to about this book, they're like, man, it's such a dark book. No, it's not. It's not. Um, I think what, where people have a hard time with this book is, is it reflects so much of their own life that they're scared of it because it's so raw and so real. And, and some of us in this room, we have argued with God, we have yelled at God, we have cussed God, we have walked away from God, we have said, God, if you're so loving, then why is all this happening to me? Why is this happening to the world that we live in? Why are babies dying? Why are people dying? Why is there sickness? Why, why, why? And Habakkuk speaks to that because that's exactly what this prophet did to God. 600 years before Christ was even born, Habakkuk had it out with God. He wrestled with God. Anybody here wrestled with God? I tend to wrestle with him every week. I, I like to wrestle with him. I think it's, it's great. It's great for your relationship. It really is. Um, I'm not saying go cuss God out this afternoon by any means. Don't do that. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but wrestling with God is okay. It really is. Um, because as you wrestle with God, you start to understand his goodness. And that's where God is trying to bring us to as a, as a congregation, as a community, as a church, as, as a city. Um, we have to understand his goodness. We have to. So we're, we're in I'm Valiant series. We're in the last uh, part of hope in the darkness here uh, because there is hope in the darkness. Some of you are sitting in darkness right now. You don't know a, a way out. You're trying to figure it out. And that's probably why you showed up this morning. Um, you, you, you're just trying to figure this whole thing out. You've been asking the question, God, why won't you do something? Why won't you show up? Why won't you answer this prayer? Again, the exact spot that Habakkuk is in. He, he cries out to God, and God says, look, I'm going to do something. It's going to amaze you. You're not even going to believe it when I do it, but but I'm going to send the Babylonians. Awesome. For you that haven't been here for this series, the Babylonians were Israel's enemy. (laughs) So God is going to correct Israel. God is going to correct things with with their enemy. And God will will do things that we don't understand. Chapter 1 was all about wondering. It was the crisis of belief. Chapter 2 was all about waiting. Though it lingered, Wait for it. 
I'm going to do something. It's going to be amazing. Though it linger, though it's going to take some time, I want you to wait for it. And we saw last week, we ended on this verse, this verse, Habakkuk 2.20 says this, but the Lord is in his holy temple. This is how Habakkuk ended chapter 2, but the Lord is in his holy temple, let all the earth be silent before him. You sense a tone change happening with Habakkuk at this point. There's a tone change in chapter 3. Chapter 3 suggests a, a, uh, uh, a reset. Anybody need a reset? <laughs> it's like, Lord, can we just start this all over again? Because, man, what I thought was good is not good. And what I thought was bad is really good. And I just, I just need a reset, please. I need to reset my relationships. I need to reset my marriage. I need to reset my finances. I need to reset my, 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 my relationship with you, God. I need to reset. Help me. Habakkuk, you, you see him. This book is only three chapters. Folks, if you haven't read it, you're missing out. And get a highlighter. I don't know why I'm speaking so high right now. But get a highlighter and mark things and underline stuff and, and read it again and ask God to show you something new when you read it again because His word, his word is alive and it's active and it's sharper. And any, 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 any razor blade. <laughs> and it penetrates into the innermost being of your soul, changing you from the inside out. It's powerful. You see Habakkuk being confused, and then, and then you see him kind of, kind of stepping into this, this, trusting, this trusting part of his life, and then, then you see him unsettled again, and, and then he starts to embrace God's goodness and embrace God for who he is. Habakkuk is speaking to us, and we all need a reset. This, this chapter 3, it reminds you of Psalm 7. It has the same characteristics of Psalm 7. And Psalm 7 had strong emotion. It had impassioned exuberance. It had, it had wild, passionate singing with, with rapid changes of, of rhythm. Uh, I played the tuba, so I know about rhythm. I mean, it had high-spirited praise, vigorous enthusiasm. It was a, it was a song of, of praise. It wasn't, it wasn't a whiny, cry-in-your-beer uh, Ballard. It was. It was. It was. It was. It was praise punctuated with exclamation marks. The, the most passionate praise that we will have as God's people is is right before the provision. And some of you have watched people praise God so much, and and you've seen them praise Him, and you're like, why are you praising this God that's not doing anything for you? I've seen you praise him and praise him and lift him up and he hasn't answered this prayer. It's been three weeks. We need to be re... <laughs> this is the great thing about small church. <laughs> Miss Natalie is prego. God is going to do great things. God is going to do great things. It's kind of like the prayer that uh, you prayed at Judy's house. How long ago did you live there? 
six or seven years ago, she, she lived in the upstairs apartment that's going to be where the girls are going to live now. And um, she prayed a prayer that this place would be used as a place for restoration and joy. Before she even knew Pastor Cynthia or Anthony, and 18 years ago, Pastor Cynthia prayed for a recovery home for women. And it took God 18 years to put it into place because God was working out things through those years to make sure that when it launched, it launched the way it's supposed to launch. I mean, I could just end right there and just be like, bam, drop the mic and walk off this. Well, it's not really a stage, but you know what I'm saying. (laughs) The most passionate praise is the praise before the provision. This isn't the praise for the what. Remember, there's a difference here. We're not praising the what. We're not, we're not, we're not glorifying a, 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 a structure, a home. We're glorifying the God that put that home together. We're, we're praising that God. That's, that's what we have to understand. We don't, we, don't, we don't praise the thing. We praise the who. Okay? I want you to listen to how Habakkuk starts this chapter in, in verse, uh, verse 2. I have heard all about you, Lord. I'm filled with awe by your amazing works in this time of our deep need. Help us again as you did in years gone by. And in your anger, remember your mercy. Praise before the provision. Remembering the goodness of God. Do what you did back then again. Do it again. We just sang that song. Do it again. Look at these words. I, I've seen you move. This is my tryout. Come move the mountains, and I believe. I'll see you do it again. You made a way I can't sing where there was no way, and I believe. I'll see you do it again. Yeah. I know you did. That high note was cray-cray. But that's how that song is, is sung, and it should be sung. It should be praise. It shouldn't be, oh, I've seen you move. Come move the mountains. I believe. Oh, I believe. Oh, I believe. I'll see you do it again. No, man, move those mountains, God. I know that you're going to do something amazing. I know you can because I've seen it before. I'm remembering what you've done. I remember who you are. I remember how great you are because you're the great I am. That's praise. That's praise. And when you're in a desperate position, when you're in a desperate spot, you all you can do is praise. Otherwise, the reverse of that is just negativity and, 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 and just dreary and, and darkness and there's hope in that darkness. God wants to bring you back to his goodness. Do you hear me? You should hear me because the speakers are loud. But you need to hear me inside your spirit, not just physically with your ears. I've seen you move, God. Do it again. I believe. I believe. 
I believe you can do it again. I know your power, Father. That those, those mountaintop experiences are, are great, but, but man, our, our, our faith is built in the valleys. I mean, a true faith with God is built in the valleys. You, you know, it, it starts on the mountaintop. It's a great experience up there, but, but true faith is built in the valleys. And when you're in the valley, there's two things, two things you've got to remember, you've got to do. I got ahead of myself. You got to do two things. The first one is you got to remember. Remember. In the, in the valley, you have to remember the goodness of God. Remember what He's done. And if you can't remember what He's done in your life, pick up His Word. It'll spark something in you. The Holy Spirit will speak to you and remind you of where he's taken you from and what he's doing in your family and what he's rescued you from. Hab 3.3 says, God came from Taman and the Holy One from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens and his praise filled the earth. Taman and, and Paran were two places that God took his people for refuge after delivering them from the Egyptian bondage. And so what Habakkuk is doing is he's remembering that. Out of your goodness, God, you took your people to this place as a refuge. Do it again. Bring us there again, God. I see you coming from these places, so do this again. See, he remembered, and, 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 but, but if all we are is stuck in the thought of there's no way out, or, 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 or we can't remember the goodness of God, how are we ever going to move forward? He's laying this out for us. It's so crazy. He had, he had no idea that we'd be sitting in a room on the corner of 20th and Post Office preaching about what he was doing at that moment. The reach of these words, the reach of, of, of his passion for his God is reaching this place right now, thousands of years later. See, the Egyptians thought there was no way out, but then the goodness of God showed up, provided that way out. The goodness of God provided that Red Sea to split and for that land to become dry so they could walk across it and be freed from their bondage. That's the goodness of God. That's the goodness of God. But so often we forget what he's done in our lives. Listen as this verse continues on. His coming is as brilliant as the sunrise. Rays of light flash from his hands where his awesome power is hidden. Pestilence marches before him. Plague follows close behind. When he stops, the earth shakes. When he looks, the nations tremble. When he shatters the everlasting mountains and levels the eternal hills, he is the eternal one. Dude, yeah. I wish I had words like that. Do you hear that, that praise there? That praise worship right there. I can see him singing that song. You, you don't want me to do that again, but I can see him singing that song. Verses 7 through 15, Habakkuk just continues to remember, remember all that God's done. He just continues to lay it all out. 
He pulls out his God files and goes, okay, I know what you've done here, here, here. The bread from the heaven, the food from the ravens, the, the water from the rock, the fire from, from, from heaven, the, 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 the time that he caused the sun to stand still, the, the shutting of the, the mouths of the lions, uh, being present with the children in the fire. He raised dead. He brought life to, uh, to dead bones, to dry bones. He brought those people back. I'm telling you, he can bring you back. You just got to remember what he rescued you from and how good your God is. We get so busy. I talk about this a lot because it's, it's a scary time that we live in. I wish we could, I was talking to Tim, I was like, I wish we could all sit down with our calendars and go look at our calendars together, like each and every one of us look at each other's calendars and go, man, that's, that's, that's crazy, you are really doing a lot, I mean, you're doing a lot of good things, that's, that's great, that's great. Do you know that's exactly right where the enemy wants you, is just doing a bunch of good things? especially when you're walking with Jesus already because he, he's not going to take that from you. But what he's going to do is he's going to get you caught up in just doing a bunch of good things because if you can do a bunch of good things, if you can just keep on doing good things, just good things, like little things that you can check off the to-do list, like I did this good thing today, I did this good thing today, I did this. You'll never do God's great thing that he has for you. Keep on doing the good things. Keep on pressing and keep on making those to-do lists and keep on saying yes to everything that's good because then you will never say yes to God's greatness for your life because you'll be too busy doing the good things. Whew. If you could see your faces right now. Think about it. Think about the time that you don't have anymore. And what if God answered your prayer right now? Would you be ready? Would you have the time to do what you've been begging him to do? Whew. He's been showing me things, man, for a while. Just like, dude, you got to slow down. You got to stop. You got to quit saying yes to everyone. You ever said no to something good? Like, no. The first time you do it, you're like, oh, man, I feel so dirty. <laughs> I feel so dirty. I should, I, should have, I should have gave that person $100, but I didn't. I, I feel so dirty. And then, and then when you start to realize that that wasn't God's plan for you, and you just start to learn to say no to good things, and you start doing the great things that God has called you to do, and you can start actually thinking about those great things that you've been praying for, that you've been wishing for, that you've been hoping for, that you've been fighting for, that you've been praising God for. When you can actually say no to good things, you can actually start planning ahead of time what God wants you to do. And it's such a freeing thing to say no sometimes. It's like, it's almost scary sometimes when I say no to people because I'm smiling when I'm saying no. I'm like, no. And they're like, dude, that's rude. I'm like, I know, I'm so sorry, but man, it's just, I can't, I can't. Oh, I can't, it's so great, I feel good. It feels so good right now. And they're like, what is wrong with you, man? You are a sick person. I know, no, I'm just... I'm just learning to say no to good things, and you're a good thing, and I love you so much, and, and, and I wish I could help you do that one thing, but I can't. I can't because God's showing me something today, and I've got to focus on what God is showing me today. 
Can I focus on what God is showing me today? You did it before, God. I know you can do it again. Remember, in the valley, your faith should be growing stronger. We just want to get to the mountaintop because we think that's where our faith is, is going to grow. That's just a seed. That's just a seed on the mountaintop. When you come back down, that's when the growth starts. You can either fertilize that, you can either water that, or you can neglect it. And a lot of us fall into the category of neglecting the growth of our faith. We should be growing stronger in the valley. So the first thing that you got to do is you got to remember. The second thing you got to do, and this is important, you, you have to learn to remember first before you can go to the second part. The second part is you got to learn to embrace. Embrace. It's full, 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 full. We go right back to, to chapter one because we see Habakkuk wrestling with God and then we see him embracing God all in the same passage. It's crazy. He's wrestling and then he's embracing the goodness of God. He's wrestling and then he's embracing the goodness of God. It's, 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 it's beautiful, but we've got to learn that, that when we start to remember we can start to embrace. When we remember, that's why I'm always telling you, take notes, journal, write things down, take pictures of whatever's up here or when you're in, in the Word of God, write it down, take notes, have a journal next to you because God is going to show you something through His Word. God is going to show you something in this setting right here in church. God will show you something when you're driving down the highway so much so you need to pull over and write it down because you will forget it because you're stuck doing too many good things. In order to embrace God's goodness, you got to re. Remember his goodness first. You got to remember it. So then you can embrace it. Habakkuk, he could just continues to remember so that he could continue to embrace. My God is still on the throne. My God has always been good. My God has always been faithful. Some people take that as a supernatural state of denial of what you're going through. Okay, I'm just going to put, I'm going to get my crutch, and I'm going to, God's my crutch. You know, I mean, you ever heard that? Like, Christianity's just a crutch, you know, for your weaknesses. Eh, shut up. You have no idea what you're talking about. You're as ignorant as you look. Oh, man, I just, I just got real for a second. No, God is good. God is alive. God is my strength. God is my shield. God is my protection. God is my strong tower. God will lead me by, by those, those streams and let me lie down in the green pastures. God is good. Because I know what he's done in my life, but people will try to steal that from you. They'll try to steal it. They'll try to steal your testimony and tell, tell you that your testimony is not even real. They, they don't know what your testimony is. They don't know what God has done in your life. They can't take that from you. And if someone tells you that that is, that is a lie or that is fake, just say, be gone. I, I don't need to talk to you. I don't need to hang out with you because I know what God's done in my life. Don't allow the enemy to steal what God has done in your life because he will try. He will try. 
it's not a state of denial of what's happening around you, but it's looking at the situation and speaking truth to it. I still trust in my God. This is what Habakkuk did. He spoke truth to the situation. I, I love this. This is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Habakkuk 3, 16 through 18. I trembled inside when I heard this. My lips quivered with fear. My legs gave way beneath me and I shook in terror. I will wait quietly for the coming day when disaster will strike the people who invade us. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crops fail and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. Even though what is happening in this world is brutal, and that many will die, and that children are suffering, and there's bloodshed happening all around us, even though I am still sick, even though my marriage is still in shambles, even though I don't see a way out, even though my prayer has not been answered yet, God, even though I still needed a job, even though there are dozens of reasons not to rejoice, I will still rejoice in my God, because I know who you are. And I know that you're taking me through something right now. And you're showing me something. God, open my eyes. Habakkuk, he's been teaching us to wrestle and to embrace. To, to wrestle and to embrace. What happens is, is there's things that, that we don't understand and we, we hold on to them. If you just held the seed in your hand, God gives you that seed. If you just held that seed in your hand, it would never grow. It would die. Because you're holding so tight to it. But if you let that seed go, let it fall to the ground, and let it do what it's supposed to do, you would see fruit come from that seed. You would see something blossom from that seed, something great oaks start with a seed this big, just great oaks. And so what happens is, is when we are experiencing things that we don't understand, we hold tightly to them. And we don't let go of them. And God is saying, just let it go. Let me show you something. Watch what I'm going to do through this situation. Watch the growth that's going to happen out of this situation, just, just let it go. Because when you let it go, I, I promise it's going to land in fertile soil. Let me have it. God's saying, let me have it. Let me have it. Psalm 7 in chapter 3 of Habakkuk, it's, it's not a half-hearted song to God. It's not, it's not just partially knowing the words and partially being excited and partially raising our hands and, and partially worshiping. No, it's, it's, it's all in. It's all about a faith that worships when everything feels wrong. It's a faith that believes when it doesn't see. It's a cry from our heart declaring praise to God even 
even though everything else is going wrong. Chapter 3, it's a reset. It's teaching us to praise, give God praise before the provision. Some of us are needing God to show up mightily in our lives. And we need to learn to praise Him. We need to learn to remember what He's done. We need to learn the goodness of God so that we can praise Him in His goodness at all times. I'm going to have the team come on up. We're going to end early this morning. It's my gift to you. If you're a first-time guest, you're welcome. Praise. Lord, you answered my prayer. I'm going to have you stand. I think, uh, I think God is worthy of us standing. There, there's a song, um, it's called You Are, and it's by, by Life Church. And uh, it's actually written on, it's a great song, you should look it up and listen to it. It's, it's written on and based on this, uh, this book of Habakkuk. And uh, there's actually a book. This is what this whole this whole last uh, few weeks have been about: is "Hope in the Darkness" by Pastor Craig Rochelle. This is what this is all based on. And uh, some great, great wisdom in that book. Great, um, great teaching there. And it's been really good to be able to share that with you. Um, if you're looking for a good book to read, or you know somebody that is struggling with their uh, where they're at. That would be a great book to purchase and give to them. Um, but this song says, I, I will lift my hands while I'm waiting. This is the bridge of the song. Remember, I was a tuba player for one year, so I, um, I know bridges. No, I don't really at all. This is the bridge of that song of you are. I will lift my hands while I'm waiting. Louder than my fears, I will sing. May my heart ever be reminded you are good you are good you are good I love that I will lift my hands while I'm waiting see as we go into worship you may see people raising their hands and, and what, what happens with that is it's a sign of surrendering it's a sign of, of God I know that you're in control I know that you have this God and I just want to praise you because you're so good you're so good, God. And you think about it, when your hands are like this, you're real vulnerable, aren't you? You're vulnerable. You, all, everything's exposed. Your soul's exposed. Your spirit's exposed. Just going, God, just do only what you can do. God, I love you. Father, I praise you. I surrender to you, God. I surrender my ways to your ways. My ways to your ways. Louder than my fears, I will sing. I will sing your praises, God. I will, I will cry out your name. I will drown out my fears, God, because you are good. 
You are good, and I know that you are bigger than my biggest fear. I know that you're bigger than this this pit of darkness that I'm in right now, God. I will praise your name because, God, your name is good. Your name is above all names, Father. And I'm I'm thanking you that you are the great I am. I'm I'm praising you for who you are. I thank you, God, for what you're going to do. Because I've seen you do it in other people. And God, I'm claiming that in my own life. You cry out. You you, you get on your knees. You surrender to him. Habakkuk 3.9 says, The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer able to tread upon the heights. Has anybody seen a deer run through the wilderness? Has anybody seen a buck run through the wilderness? Anybody seen a buck go through brush that you could not make it through? Have you seen that? Because if you haven't, it's the most craziest thing in the world. I'm like, how did he get through that? And I'm trying to walk through it like, oh, ah, oh. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, my. And he's just, I love that. I love how how that is speaking to us right now. He is going to make us as sure-footed as a deer. There are going to be obstacles. There's going to be brush. There's going to be things that are trying to get in your way, but he makes you as sure-footed as a deer. You're going to get past it. You're going to get through it. Because He's with you. You're walking with Him. We may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we must learn to trust Him in the valleys. We have to learn to trust Him. We have to allow Him to grow our faith in the valleys, folks. We can't sit here all day long and just worship because we have to eat. We have to take care of our kids. We've got to go to a job. We've got to pay our bills. We've got to do what God's called us to do. We can't just sit on the mountaintop. We have to be in the valley. We have to be. But we want to live in a dreamland sometimes, and God's not called us to heaven yet. We're here now, but we're just passing through, and God's got something for us, and it ain't small, and it's beyond you, and it's beyond your capabilities, and it's beyond your wisdom, but look who he used in the Bible. Oh, my goodness. If you don't know who he used in the Bible that is telling you, you need to get into the Word of God. Amen. Start in John. Start in the Gospels and just read about Jesus' life and see who, who he used. And I'd be willing to bet that one of those disciples will remind you of you. Don't walk away in chapter one. So many people walk away in chapter one. Don't quit on God in chapter two. Don't throw up your hands and be like, I don't want to wait anymore. 18 years ago, a prayer was prayed 
Six years ago, a prayer was prayed on the same premise of that prayer that was prayed a few years earlier by two different people that didn't even know each other but on the island. And that person 18 years ago wasn't even on the island. Working all things out for the goodness of Him. Working all things out for the glory of God. Working all things out to make sure that the people that he has in place, those two ladies that are already scheduled to go into that home, God is going to do something supernatural, something powerful. And we get to be a part of that. You won't have the chapter three faith without wondering without the wondering of chapter 1 and the waiting of chapter 2. You won't have that faith. And what I want to do is I want us to set everything else aside. Forget about the to-do list for a moment. And let's just, let's just remember what God has done. Because we know He's going to do it again. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's a couple things I would love for you to do. First, share this message with your friends and your family or or share it online. Secondly, if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to give to help us reach others, please go to valiantchurch.com and click the giving button. And I'll see you next time on the Valiant Podcast.